Thank you, Dusty. Good morning to everyone. Glad to have you here. I know we're all dealing with the uh, coronavirus, or at least the effects of it. I look out over the audience, and I see some folks still wearing masks. Uh, I'm going to use my mask in just a little bit, but not wear it while I'm preaching, because I think I would suffocate while I'm up here with it on, uh, with all of this speaking going on. But uh, we owe a lot of thanks to... uh, Uh, Riley and to Ron in the back for uh, getting everything technologically up and going because when I showed up a little while ago just prior to the start of the service the computer was completely shut down and so these guys have been scrambling in the back and I was frantically trying to set up my own stuff and very relieved when I got to put my stuff up because it's a lot better with your things and I think you'll enjoy it much more. You know, these have certainly been unusual times and unprecedented times for us since the middle of March when the coronavirus uh, pandemic became very well known and all of us began to social distance and stay in our homes and shelter in place and do all of the things that we've been trying to do to be mindful not only of our own personal health, but the health of other people about us. So uh, for about two and a half months, I was off the road. Instead of traveling on the road, going to churches and sharing about the work of EEM, we just got on the phones and we began to call and call and call and call and more calls to people to tell them about God's activity even in the midst of the shutdown not only in the United States but also in Eastern Europe and neighboring nations. And God has been boldly at work over there in that part of the world. But toward the end of of, uh, May... And in June and July and August, I was able to start getting back on the road, mostly on Sunday mornings, as many churches are still trying to find their way getting back into Sunday night or Wednesday night services and and other gathering times. So I have seen a variety of ways churches respond. Sometimes they come in, they all wear their mask when they enter and then take them all off, or they wear their mask when they enter and they keep them all on when they, when they stay and uh, stay in the auditorium. We've seen a variety of ways they respond. And so I'm going to put my mask on just to illustrate. I see a number of you sitting out in the audience wearing your mask, and that's certainly appropriate and right. One thing I've learned about the uh, wearing mask is you've got to be mindful of airplane ears. Uh, because if you put them on and you've got your ears down like that, it makes even the most macho of men look rather normal. And that's an interesting thing. So if you're going to wear your mask the entire time, which you are certainly welcome to do, and we respect that, we, we're just uh, say, go ahead and do that. But there is one thing I ask you not to do. Please do not wear your mask like this. I know you're thinking, what a great idea. Why didn't I think about that weeks ago? So anyway, but uh, don't do that, all right? I do have some, believe it or not, amazing news to tell you about what God has been doing during this season of coronavirus. Oddly enough, in, in Janu- on January 1st of 2020, what a great time to introduce our annual theme. And our annual theme was what you see on the screen behind me, Open our eyes. 2020, open our eyes. Seemed like a great theme for everyone. But little did we know what God would be doing in the coming weeks and what would transpire in the weeks to come when the coronavirus would hit and things would begin to shut down. 
And we've had a lot of people ask us questions about how is the work of EEM going in the United States with your fundraising? How is the work going in Eastern Europe and neighboring nations? And hopefully I'll be able to answer some of those questions for you uh, during this time together. But the one thing that I want you to know, God is not worried about catching the coronavirus. And because of that, He's busy and He's at work. And because many people have found the rug of their lives yanked out from under them, they are turning their attention to the Lord. And more than one time, in fact multiple times, over and over again, we've heard missionaries in that part of the world say, people are seeking God. It seems to be human nature that when we find ourselves at great uh, odds, or we find ourselves at a disadvantage, maybe a health matter, or something like 9-11 recently celebrated, or something like the coronavirus, all of a sudden people look for, turn to religion. They begin to seek God. And in, in, on 9-11, those years ago, many people flooded back to church buildings, and they began to worship the Lord and seek the Lord. I would like to tell you that many of those who found religion back during those days all found the Lord, but I don't think so. But a lot of them did. And the same thing is happening right now. Many are seeking the Lord. Will it stick with everyone? Probably not. But for many, it will. This coronavirus will be truly a life-changing event for them spiritually. An eye-opening, awakening moment for people throughout our world to realize that we are just human and that this world is fallible. And thankfully, God is still in control. And so we got this theme uh, for the year uh, from the Gospel of John, chapter 4, verses 34 and 35. And we'll come back to this in just a moment. But there Jesus tells His disciples, Open your eyes and look, the fields are white unto harvest. I want to begin this morning by sharing a story with you out of the Old Testament from 2 Kings, chapter 6. It's the story of Elisha and his servant. What's going on at this time is Syria is in control. They are the world power at this time, and Israel is really a vassal state of Syria at the moment. And the king of Syria is upset as we begin the chapter. He's upset because his plans are being thwarted. Somebody, somebody is ratting on him. Somebody is revealing the secret plans he is making, maybe to invade some nation or invade Israel or do this or do that. And somebody has the inside track on all of his plans. And one of the servants of of, uh, the king says, it's Elisha, the prophet. It is as though he is here in your bedroom, listening to your plans unfold. He knows your secrets and your plans. Well, the king is upset at that, so he issues his army, and the army goes and surrounds the little city of Dothan, where Elisha and his servant lives. The next morning, when Elisha and the servant wake up, they look out, and the servant panics. He says, what are we going to do when he sees all of the armies of the the king of Syria? And Elisha says to him in 2 Kings 6, verse 16, Do not be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. Let me say to you, that may be an Old Testament text, but it certainly has a modern today application for you and I. For many Christians, this is an unsettled time, a time of uneasiness, even maybe fearfulness. 
And I hope maybe in some small way I can just remind you that there is no reason for you to fear. We are here on this earth for whatever amount of time that God gives us, and one day we will be at home with Him, coronavirus the cause or not. We're going to be at home with Him. And the words of Elisha echo in my my mind, thinking, Don't be afraid. Those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And in a season not only of health concern, but also social unrest and political unrest, don't we need to hear words like that? Like John speaks in 1 John chapter 4 and, and verse 4 when he says, The one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Those are encouraging words from the Word of God that will encourage you. And that's what Elisha was trying to do for his servant that day. And so Elisha goes on and prays. He says, Lord, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord did. The Lord opened the servant's eyes and he looked and he saw. And he saw that the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around the city and all around the armies of the king of Syria. We need to know today that God is still in control. We need to remind ourselves that the Lord is still King of kings and the Lord and the Master and Creator of the universe. And we turn our attention to Him. We open our eyes and we fix our eyes on the One who is steadfast, who is unmovable, who will not be changed or moved. And we find our firm footing in Him. Open your eyes. Keep them on the Lord. I'm reminded also of a story in the New Testament where we get our theme verse. It's found in John chapter 4 when Jesus and the disciples are traveling uh, together. They come to the region of Samaria. Now you know if you know anything at all about the history of Samaritans and Jews, they hated each other. They had a lot of things in common, even a lot of things in common religiously. But there was enough different about them that caused them to be at odds with one another. And typically, when Jews would travel and come to the border of Samaria, they would go all the way around the region of Samaria, adding, adding time and miles onto their travel because of their hatred of the Samaritans, because of their prejudice of the Samaritans. But on this occasion, Jesus takes His disciples right through Samaria. They come to the city of Sychar, and outside of the city of Sychar is the well of Jacob, And Jesus sits there while the disciples go into the city to find food. It's about midday, about noon. And a woman from the city comes out to draw water from the well. The reason why she's come to draw water from the well at that time of the day is because this woman is an outcast among the outcasts. She is looked down upon by other Samaritans. And so to get away from the hassle of others being there at the well, while she would try to draw water for her home, her family, her flocks perhaps, she comes at a time when she realizes the well will probably be vacant. No one will be there. But when she gets there, there sits Jesus, a Jew. He asks her if she she would draw water for him. She looks at him incredulously and says, You, how is it that you, a Jew, would ask me to draw water from this well for you? She's fully aware of the tensions and the prejudices of the Jews and Samaritans one toward another. And Jesus responds to her in so many words by saying, Look, if you knew of the water that I could give you, 
I can give you living water from which if you drink, you will never have to thirst again. And her eyes begin to open wider and wider in this moment. You see, the Samaritans were looking for the Messiah as well. And Jesus is going to drop these not-so-subtle clues that He could well be the Messiah they've been looking for, just like the Jews have been looking for as well. And He begins to teach her a little bit about worship and says to her that, you know, one of these days you Samaritans won't be worshiping on Mount Gerizim and the Jews won't be worshiping over in Jerusalem. But the Father seeks those who will worship Him in spirit and in truth. Jews and Gentiles and Samaritans and all peoples of the world. And her eyes open wider. And she starts to leave for town. She's got to go back to be with her husband, she says. And so he says, well, not quite so fast. This Marinus revised, you understand. You see, you've been married, yes, you've been married five times. But the man you're living with is not your husband. You're just living with him. And her eyes are wide open. About that time, the disciples come back, and boy, are their eyes big. They see Jesus communicating with this Samaritan. And not, they see the woman, same woman that Jesus saw. They see the same well that Jesus saw. But what they didn't see was the opportunity that Jesus saw. And that's when he says, Open your eyes and look at the fields. They are white unto harvest. We are all glad that God has cast a wide net. We are glad today that God is not selective in His call to people to come to Him, to find rest, to find hope, to find forgiveness in Jesus Christ, that all men, all women, all races, all nations can come to Him and run to Him and find that hope and peace. Open your eyes. People, as I said, have been asking us, well, I'm assuming with all of the things shut down in Eastern Europe, just like they are in the United States, I mean, they close their borders down, they shut down their trains, they close their airports, you couldn't fly in, you couldn't fly out, they closed their schools, they told people that they couldn't assemble in groups of certain number, and it, it, I mean, some of the footage that we got from some filming that was done of cities there, it was like a ghost town. In midday, at a time when the streets would be filled with people and there'd be cars lining the streets, they were just empty, just like it was here in the early days for us. And yet God was at work. Now I want you to remember the timeline. March 15th is pretty much the time things were clamped down here in the United States and also in other parts of the world. But on April 6th, April 6th, Something wonderful happened. With permission from the authorities in Croatia, a nation that is about 95% Catholic, even though that, what that means is about 7% of the people who profess to be Catholic uh, attend Mass, and of that 7%, only about 1% are, are really devout. But for us to put Bibles in public schools, we have to get permission from the Catholic leadership. A shipment of 63,000 children's Bibles, exactly like this, was delivered to various places in Croatia. These boxes were up on an upper level, and you notice the, the tables that were end to end? They were sliding the boxes down to the lower level where they were storing the boxes temporarily before giving the Bibles to the children in schools. 
We got permission from the authorities to make this 63,000 Bible delivery. And volunteers came. Some school teachers volunteered of their time to come out. You'll notice that they're wearing, some of them are wearing masks. And it was a beautiful day that day. That night before, it was pouring down rain. The next day, skies were clear and it was sunny. That night, the clouds rolled back in. God even finds that window of opportunity. And we were so grateful that those people came to to help unload these boxes and would ultimately deliver the Bibles and materials to the children, that our man Bart Rabinsky, who lives in Vienna, Austria, called his contact, Yvonne, and said, Yvonne, we are so grateful for the volunteers who came to help unload these materials, and we'd like to do something nice for them, something to express our appreciation and, and to thank them. That's The video pauses there, so don't worry about things. And so he says, maybe we could treat them to a meal. And Yvonne said, you would really do that? He said, why do you feel the need to thank us? He said, we are the ones that need to be thanking you for providing us with the Bibles for our children. Now remember, that was on April, that was on April 6th. On May 1st, when we got the newsletter from Ural Lazar, wonderful preacher of the gospel in Vrazdan, Croatia, he wrote to say that in the first part of May, in addition to these materials that were distributed, we were able to distribute 100,000 more children's Bibles to be distributed into public schools. And he said, as if it couldn't even get better, he said in 2021, in just a few months, we have an opportunity to, su- to supply an additional 300,000 children's Bibles in Croatia and over 100,000 children's Bibles in neighboring schools in Bosnia, Herzegovina. I'm telling you folks, God is at work. When the doors are closed, God can open those doors. In 2019, we were blessed with a record distribution. If you look all the way to the right on the bar graph behind me, you'll notice in 2019, we were blessed to distribute free, by the way, all of our materials are free, over 1.1 million volumes of material were distributed. I'll go ahead and say that today we are now printing and providing materials in languages now, over 25 different languages going into 30 different nations, and I'll give you more specifics about that in just a moment. This bar graph is just simply comparing the first six months of the year for the last five years, one to another. And if you look all the way over here to your right, you'll notice 2020. Most of this time has been spent during the coronavirus season, especially the part right here in the orange or the gold, whatever your color wheel is. And anyway... In April, May, and June, or the second quarter of this year, we had the largest distribution of Bibles and biblical materials for any quarter in our 59-year history. Now, you have to stop and remember what's going on with all of this. They're locked down just like we're locked down. And shipping things is very difficult to almost impossible to do. But you're talking about a God for whom nothing is impossible. A God that can do anything. A God that can open any door. And for that matter, a God who can shut any door. What we are all praying is that God opens our eyes in EEM. That we will see the opportunities 
See as He sees. Have a vision like God has a vision. And that's what we need to do. Because the world is a big place. And God is a big God. And He is at work all over the world. What you see on the screen behind me, that is our mission. Our mission is, has always been the Bible. We want everyone to get it. Don't you love reading from the Bible? Many of you are probably daily Bible readers. We grew up as children listening to the stories. That's what these books are so good to do, is to introduce the children of Croatia and Bosnia-Herzegovina and Slovenia and Ukraine and other Romania and other places now. Introduce them to the stories of Scripture so they, they can learn about God and God's will and the working of God and the interaction of God with people in that part of the world. And these children take these Bibles and they get to keep them and they take them home to moms and dads who they read to mom or dad or mom and dad read to them or they share them with brothers and sisters or aunts and uncles. And so the beautiful thing about the materials that EEM distributes is rarely is that children's Bible or that adult Bible, rarely is it just only seen by one individual. That many people in the lifetime of that Bible, maybe perhaps three to four individuals on average, will benefit from that Word of God. So if we have distributed 1.1 million Bibles and biblical materials in 2019, then that means three to four million people have have access to the Word of God. And many of those in nations that were communist, where Bibles were one day at one time forbidden. We could go through the Bible and we could look at the stories of Scripture, but I don't have time to go down this list behind me and to tell you the stories. But I just want to remind you about the first one. Abram and Sarai. This would be applicable to those of us that are older. How about if God came to some of you ladies in an angelic guest and said to you, Oh, by the way, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. I'm thinking you would not welcome that angelic guest well. I'm thinking you're looking for the cast iron skillet, is my guess. Now, you have to understand that Sarai and Abram, at 99 and 89, had had no children. At least, they, in their relationship, had no children. And yet, God had promised to bless all the world through His seed. He's already tried to take matters in His own hands with Hagar, the handmaiden of Sarah. And that doesn't really fare very well for him in that journey. And God says, Sarah, this time next year, you're going to have a baby. What does she do? She laughs. She laughs. But nine months later, the laughter is out of her. And she names that child Isaac, which means laughter. How appropriate. I'm thinking, boy, when you laugh in the face of an angelic guest or laugh in the face of God is a rather risky proposition. But God doesn't mind it because He doesn't mind surprising us with His greatness and His power. Every one of these stories is about that. Culminated finally when some of the disciples, some of the Marys go to the tomb of Jesus, find the stone rolled away, and even though He told them it was going to happen, their eyes are open. They're surprised. Their hearts are beating fast within them. They're filled with wonder. And I'm just telling you, God is boldly at work in ways that I I don't even know. One of these days, you and I are probably, from the advantage of a distance, are going to look back at this moment 
And we're going to see how God was working, and we'll be surprised. And some of us might even say, wow, we didn't see that coming. But you understand God is at work. Here's a surprise that God brought to us this year. Christians using puppets in Budapest, Hungary, to teach children the Word of God and to get Bibles into public schools. Just watch this. This church has a reputation of generosity. 
We're not going to take a collection today for Million Dollar Sunday, but my understanding is that on uh, October 4th, that is the Sunday that the elders have determined that a contribution will be made for Eastern European Mission. You notice in that video, nobody was wearing masks, nobody was minding their social distance because that was filmed in the summer of 2019. That means the gift that you gave for last year's Million Dollar Sunday, a lot of that money has gone to help in those kinds of things. The, the joy of that brother in Christ as he speaks of taking the Bible into those public schools and clapping his hands and laughing with childish delight. Aren't you glad that God opens doors and opens eyes so that we can provide for, we can respond to the opportunities that he gives us? You know, early on years ago when we began as a smuggling ministry, our field of of focus was much smaller. We were focused on Russia and some of the neighboring countries. Uh, Lynn and Barbara Camp and others were in in Vienna, Austria, and they were traveling into Czechoslovakia, as it was known at that time, and going into other neighboring communist nations to smuggle materials. But today, after all of these years, we don't smuggle anything. We don't sneak anything. We don't do anything under the cover of darkness. In fact, we ship materials by semi-trucks in broad daylight with permission from leaders who at one point in time, whether religiously or politically, stood against the Word of God being in their countries. And we prayed as a people, God, would you open the doors of opportunity? And what did God do? He did, and He began to expand the opportunity. And I can just simply tell you that if you will, please, as you make your way out of the auditorium after class today, out this way or that way, you're going to find a variety of printed materials. And more specifically, what you're going to find is our third quarter newsletter, and you're going to find our Million Dollar Sunday brochure. Inside that brochure, you're going to see a wide variety of opportunities. It's not just focused on one nation, as we have done in the past. But it's a broad brush once again that God has given us just simply because of the opportunity that God has provided for us, the doors that He has opened for us to walk through. Amazingly, the works that we have been doing in other places like in Greece, Greece specifically where the Muslim refugees have come. And I want to invite you to be prayerful about those refugees on the island of Lesvos that recently had their entire refugee camp burned to the ground. I saw photos the other day from some of our workers over there and some of the ruins and some of the heartbreak and then seeing them right in the evening, they've just rolled out their little mats and they're sleeping out under the stars because what little cover they had was gone. And we've got wonderful believers that are sharing to re- sharing the gospel with people that are coming from Muslim type nations, so much so that this year, not only are we going to provide Bibles and materials in Arabic and Farsi, as we have been doing these past seven years, but now we're providing Bibles and materials in Urdu, the language of Pakistan, in Sarani, the language of the Kurds, and also in Turkish. All of these are heavily Muslim nations. And it is from these nations that many of their citizens have fled to try to find a better life for themselves and to get out from under the cruel hand of tyranny in their places. And people in Athens, Greece are sharing the gospel with Muslim refugees. And today, 
Some Muslim men who have been led to Christ are now sharing the gospel with, with a for, some former Muslim men are now sharing the gospel with Muslim. They're Muslim neighbors. And people are coming to faith. I was told by Bart Robinski that the Farsi-speaking church in Athens, Greece, now numbers 500 in number. 500 believing former Muslims that it would have only, it only happened because of the persecution in their own country. And they're leaving everything behind to come and risk it all. And they came to a new land and they found truth and love through the gospel of Jesus Christ. Same thing has happened in Kazakhstan, a nation that is 70% Muslim. I'm going to tell you, when we were first invited to put Bibles and materials into Kazakhstan, we had to Google that so we could just find out where it was. It's on the bottom of, of, of Russia. It butts up against China over to the east of Kazakhstan. And yet today God's opened the door to provide some Bibles and materials in Kazakhstan. In Croatia, where a little over a year ago I was in this diocese at this Catholic church with this bishop along with my other EEM partners and other workers from Croatia. Why were we there? Were, were we promoting Catholicism? Absolutely not. But remember, to put Bibles and materials into Catholic schools, we have to get permission from Catholic leadership. We were just simply there to tell this man, thank you. Thank you for allowing us to put Bibles and materials in public schools. And oh, by the way, we have other wonderful materials that we'd like to show you, that we'd like to, to maybe open the door for us to share with others. And in Belarus, where just in the past couple of weeks, their country has been torn apart by what they believe is an unfair election. And they've been rioting in the streets and marching in the streets. And their socialistic, or I should say, yeah, their socialistic government is putting the clamps down on those people who are expressing themselves in that way. And even upon believers who marched peacefully. I've got a couple of pictures in, at, in my computer of, that were sent to me just this last week of some of the Christians marching in a parade in, in, their, in their peaceful protest. Not burning anything, not being destructive, just marching to express their displeasure at what they truly believe was a dishonest presidential election. And many of them are holding their Bibles in their hands. And probably the most remarkable thing of all is I look at that picture and I kind of open it up and many of them are carrying EEM Bibles, Bibles that EEM has provided. Now we're not asking them to do these things, we're just giving them the Word of God. But the sad thing about it is, some of the officials who represent socialism came to those marchers and came to some of the other Christians that were there and said, if you do not cease and desist, and they were, they were marching peacefully, mind you. They said, if you do not cease and desist from this and go to your homes, we may take your children from you. Now let that sink in when you go to the polls to vote. Open your eyes. The fields are white unto harvest. Are we grateful for all that God is doing? Amen? I should never be surprised at what God does, but I confess I am. 
God is able to, the, to do the amazing, the stunning, the surprising, always. All you and I have to do is just open our eyes and look and see the fields are truly white unto harvest. I hope you're a follower of Jesus. I hope you're living that in a tasteful, godly way today. I hope there is no prejudice in your heart. I hope there is no hatred in your heart. I hope kind words flow from your mouths. I hope that people that encounter you on a daily basis learn something about the Christ who's alive and well in you and that their eyes are open to seeing the loving, gracious kindness of the Lord in you. And I pray in three weeks that when you're given an opportunity to to steward of the resources that God has blessed you with, that you will once again respond in hilarious generosity that others might be blessed just as you and I have by His powerful, one and only, saving word. Let's stand and sing together, please.